29th episode of the Promo Guy podcast brought to you by Mojo, the stock market for sports. Mojo is the sports stock market offering probability-based odds, live cash outs, and a one-of-a-kind player prop selection. And now, the creators of Sunday Slams are bringing you an all-new way to play DFS. Sign up using code TPG for a 100% deposit match up to $100. Okay, uh, we have a very special episode. We have Nick from Blue Duck, but that's not why it's special. Uh, what's up, Nick? What a warm welcome. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I got to watch Wemby put up 38 points, be phenomenal all week, and get to think about how you said he hit his ceiling. Um Basically, a week ago from today. I agree. Phenomenal. They lost to the Pacers by 40. Maybe more. I think it was 50. Did they actually lose by 50 that much? They, I think it was 152 to like 112. But I think Wemby may have had a double-double. What are they, 3-3? Three and three? Yeah, I mean. Rookie of the year right great, there, man. Great game out of Wemby. A 40-point loss. I can really see everything he's doing affecting the plus-minus. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Anyway, it is a super special episode because we have another guest, uh, my friend, Mr. ROI Guy. ROI, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Excited to be here. I'm good. This is long overdue. 29 episodes in, I would have thought we, we would have you on um, beforehand. I know. I kept waiting for my invite and just wasn't coming. But It's an open invite. It's an open invite. You say the word and Nick is gone. <laughs> So we have him here uh, a week off of hitting his big step up parlay that we talked about last week. So shout out to you. Also a huge week or a huge month in Bet365. So it's, it's well time to have you here on kind of a, a nice little heater. For those who don't know ROI Guy, he is ROI Guy123 on Twitter. Uh, and he is a contributor on my Discord with the same name, uh, or maybe the name's like ROI Guy. So should we start with State of the Stack and then we'll get into the interview, Nick? Yeah, let's hit it quickly and then we get to the fun. I mean, even though this this should be some fun, I think we've had a pretty strong week, no? Yeah, it's a bit of a, you know, the heater continues or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so Twitter plays in November, which is just this week, are up 200 something dollars. So, so a nice week. Uh, I think that the biggest hit and the one I'll use for kind of that ticket giveaway was the... Uh, was the Caesars, the Luka Doncic Kyrie play? That was that was a lot of fun actually too, just sort of anecdotally because everything else was kind of missing, and then then this play was looking great, then it was looking not so great, and Luka gets a sweet assist at the end to catch it for us. So uh, a strong week, and the Discord was also strong. Officials had another solid week. Uh, they're now up. They've just been screaming up in a hurry, but I think almost 41 units on the year. ROI guy, how, how did the rest of this stuff do? I, I wasn't even... It was another good week for Bet365 and, and Caesars? Like. It's been a pretty good start to the week for me, for sure. Bet365, uh, we hit a big play yesterday. They're up for the week. Did. I didn't even know that. What play did you hit? Uh, it was the college football play, I think. I would have to check. Oh, I saw everybody celebrating. It was the Buffalo game. The Buffalo game, yeah. I was super confused because everyone seems to be rooting for Buffalo and they were getting beat, but I see it now. Uh, you had them plus 13 and a half. Yeah, so, exactly. And I had Buffalo in another play where if they would have gotten a field goal, it would have perfectly middled both of the two plays. But unfortunately, at the end, they couldn't score, but we still hit the bet 365 one. Gotcha. You can't see me on the camera, but I'm playing the world's smallest live violin for you, my friend. 
Okay, so that is the update of the week. And we're going to get right into the interview. And then ROI is going to stick around for the, the rest of the show as well. So the first thing I want to know, and I guess we've talked about this before, but maybe everyone should hear it. And I kind of forget your answer, to be honest. Like, what made you start your account? So when I started, there were there were no real other accounts that were doing this in, in like a full-time manner way. Uh, not that I was full-time, but you know what I mean. But for you, there were already, I believe, at least two or three accounts that were that were actively doing it, you know, had some kind of following. Like what made you say, okay, there's sort of a there's a niche that I can fill here? Yeah, absolutely. So my start into sports betting for the most part, I was living in New York and when they were becoming legal, Caesars was having this huge promotion. They were offering pretty much $3,000 for free. Uh, and that was making the rounds across all my friends. Um, some other books were doing big promotions as well. And I had like very briefly dabbled in sports betting before, but just seeing those promotions and seeing how much money the books were giving away, it got me thinking maybe there, there's money here. Uh, like in addition to the main promotions, there could just be other ways to make money. And I started heavily researching, fell down a big rabbit hole, was on the sportsbook subreddit, uh, was going on Twitter, and it became pretty much a full-time job for me at the time. <laughs> I loved doing it. A lot of what I was doing, especially at that time, was the boosts and the promotions. And I figured if I'm betting all of these anyway and doing the research anyway, I can start to, to post them on Twitter as well. And, and like you said, at the time, you, promo guy, am I, um, who else was around? Boost, Boost Raider Boost was Raider, very big. Yeah. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't remember your exact timing, but I think that those were kind of like the early. Yeah, the three of you were definitely the big ones. There's a few other initial ones. I think Plus Boost might have been there, Dooley, a few other accounts. Was he? Oh, Dooley. Yeah, Dooley probably was. I don't, I, whatever. It's, it's hard to know the exact yeah, time. It, yeah, it's, sorry. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, basically, I started the account <laughs> just because it wasn't going to be that much additional work for me beyond what I was doing. Didn't necessarily think that it was going to to be anything that that could become a real like income source for me or a real even job for me but i just did it thought i can get some experience trying to grow a social media account see where it goes and it took off beyond my wildest dreams <laughs> yeah i mean so tell us about that so from where i was sitting you know a ton of these accounts pop up kind of i mean now it's like daily like literally i think i saw a new one today but, you know, even at the time, they, they had started to pick up steam on, on more accounts going up. And it was always hard to keep track, but also hard to tell if people were good or not. But your account was easy to notice because you were hitting, like, some huge play, it felt like, every day for a week. Generally on Caesars, but also the score and some of the, the smaller books. Tell us about, like, what made you focus there and what some of those hits were like and kind of, like, your experience with your phone just blowing up in a way that you weren't used to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the landscape at the time was a little bit different than it is now. Now, most of the promotions that you'll see out there are some form of like a profit boost where you're creating your own play. When I started up, they had those, but they weren't as common as the pre-made boosts that, that the books would set right. up for you and you could decide whether to bet them or not. That was the main source of promotions at the time. So I would spend time every day. I would look through all the different boosts. I would try to find the ones that I determined were plus EV. Some uh, Caesars was just a popular one because they had a higher max. 
they had most of their boosts were were very poor so you would have to really like dig through to find the diamond in the rough but but some of those i would post and when they would hit i would go crazy my celebrations were extremely over the top at the time (laughs) but yeah that was pretty much the strategy and i definitely got very lucky i started my account i want to say in in may or so and may june that was Uh one of the best months i had from promotions uh like like you said everything seemed to be hitting the score was a huge one but yeah it was good timing it was some luck it was i was able to make friends with a lot of the other accounts in the industry and yeah just everything kind of worked out perfectly i would say yeah it's kind of like a funny thing with twitter accounts and followings and stuff where I don't know. I don't know how long it took you for like the the ball to start rolling. And you see this from like the one that always sticks out to me. I'm blanking with his name. He's in Gold Boys. The one that did the cheat sheets. Ryan Props. He was a follower of mine, like a pretty active one. And he'd be in the spaces. He'd reply. He and he had. I guess I noticed that he was doing some capping because he would come up as like a for you or something. Like for whatever reason, I knew that he was like putting out some of his own plays, but I didn't think it was like a. Full time's not the word, but like a very active thing that he was doing, and then all of a sudden I look and he has fifty thousand followers. I'm like, how did that happen? And he was like, oh, I'm thirty three and two in my last thirty five bets, something crazy. And it just it snowballs. And if you are a plus EV better, like you could have started out, and, and this goes for me as well. You could have started out and missed everything early, right? And maybe the couple hundred people that were following you would have given up the account would have become irrelevant or maybe you just would have hit that heater later and the same exact thing would have happened i don't know but it it is always funny to see sort of the power of word spreading and just the snowball effect that kind of comes with it i remember for me it was very early like the first week big cat did a a walk-off home run boost and it was it was for a walk-off home run to be hit over the course of the weekend and i don't remember what it was boosted to but basically i did out the math and i and everyone was just ripping big cat but i did math i was like okay there's a walk-off home run one out of every x many games and there are going to be this many games this weekend so there's a three percent chance in each game that there'll be a walk-off over the course of you know 20 some odd games you know there's this percent chance of a walk-off home run and, and the boost is actually really good. And I maybe spent 20 minutes a day on the account, didn't really think about it, had a full-time job, whatever was just living my life. And all of a sudden my my phone blows up. I had, I don't know, like, like I look at my, my Twitter and I had like 400 notifications. And I actually freaked out at first. So I was like, <laughs> am I coming out with like insider trading? Is it like, did my boss get in trouble? Like, okay, not that my boss or I did anything close to sketchy, but like literally that's just like where your head goes. Like, why does my phone have 400 notifications? I almost forgot about the account entirely, but it was basically just big cat had retweeted me and then replied to everybody that hated on him with my math <laughs> for it. <laughs> and that got me a bunch of followers one day and then it kind of snowballed from there. It, it I was going to ask, did that hit? So it's funny. The bet did hit. I think the next like few weeks it didn't. I don't know if it like ended up plus or negative because they ran it for a few weeks but the first bet definitely hit and it was electric the only 
negative thing I ha- I have is that Twitter had an outage oh. that night or I would have gotten way more followers. Yeah, that's the thing. Like timing is just so important with when you hit a play, who happens to be looking at the time. Yeah, it was just a random outage. So I couldn't even I couldn't even see why <laughs> all these notifications. Like it was like in and out. I mean, I figured out that Big Cat had retweeted me and my and my friend had texted me about it, but but it was definitely in and out with the outages that night. Wow. So anyway, uh, it's good to hear your story. Can you walk me through a day being an ROI guy? Obviously, not talking about your personal life, whatever stuff that you do outside of the account. Like, what is your process of looking for plays? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start off the day. I'll usually go through the different books. I'll note any boost or promotion that is going to either potentially be a play or that I'll have to make a play for. I'll put that all into a spreadsheet. I'll do some initial looks in the morning. I'll look at if there's anything that stands out to me. For a lot of the plays, I'll choose specifically to wait until, especially for for MLB or NBA, like I'll wait for lineups a lot of the time. And then certain plays that are less lineup dependent, I'll maybe put out in the morning. But yeah, I start off, I list all the plays. I'll see if anything jumps out. If something does jump out, I'll play it. If nothing really jumps out, I'll save it for later. If I have extra time, I'll still sometimes look through those Caesar boosts, even though there's very rarely anything (laughs) worth looking at anymore. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, the problem for me with Caesar's boosts, other than they're all bad and it's a waste of time, is that even if you find a good one, I was finding, I found out pretty quickly like they'll just they'll just kill it. Yeah, that's another issue, and that didn't happen when my account was smaller. Not right. uh, not as much, at least. But as it grows, you have to just be aware that, especially like smaller books, they're going to to see the action that you bring, and they're going to to nerf the play. So that's another thing I'll try to do is I'll try to keep my plays to something that, if I can, if it's not such a a niche market, something that has a little bit more action, I'll sometimes try to to keep it to those markets just so that the plays will last longer and that I can be more confident in the overall EV. But yeah, it's definitely something to look at, especially as your account grows. Yeah. So like when I was a smaller account, I did all the Fox bet boosts, for example, and they would last for a little bit and then they kind of stopped. You know, even Dinger Tuesday got to the point where I couldn't do it on Twitter anymore. It was like really bad. And that's always when I found it, find it funny when people like criticize an EV account for starting the Discord because it's the kind of thing like I you know why can't you do this on Twitter for free like why can't you do everything other than the fact that there's no way I could have a job and do all this like for years like I still wouldn't be doing it now that COVID's over but other than that it's the kind of thing where it's not even helping people like you're just it's just gonna get pulled right away to your how many followers do you have now it's a little over 20,000, I think. I don't know the exact number. You're right. So to your 20-something thousand followers, if you were posting all these Bet365 plays that made $1,300 in October alone, then people wouldn't be making all that money because they would just get pulled. Uh, and Bet365 is pretty good about it, so they might not be the, the right example, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. You know, for whatever, 20 bucks a month, like it's worth having plays that actually are usable and last, especially for those smaller books. But okay, the last question that I have for you before we get into the fun grinds my gear stuff is you hit an insane Steppy last week. We talked about it here. And Steppies are kind of 
the biggest thing you probably do for the Discord like that's that's not on a smaller book. Like that's widely available, I guess is what I should say. You know, I, I tend to do most of the the widely available stuff, but the steppies you do a great job with and NBA, MLB, uh obviously hockey. Can you talk me through your process for the hockey step up that hit last week? Yeah, absolutely. And then that was an insane run. Um there was one game, I think it was the Hurricanes, where they were losing all game and late in the third period, they were able to tie it and then went into overtime and that was such an amazing sweat. Um, so yeah, like they're, they're such a fun. Wait, that, that, that actually, that, that happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, how many legs have hit when that happened? It was, I want to say that was probably like the sixth or seventh leg or so, but the remaining legs looked really good at the time. So once that hit, right. it was very likely that the so, entire so I didn't I didn't pay any attention to it until seven likes had hit. There were three likes left. And I even, you know, this podcast last week said we like to do like bad beats and good beats. And I said, I'm sure the Steffi was a good beat. None of them actually looked close to me, but they're they're like it, it was one of the most bizarre 46 to ones in the fact that with three likes to go, there was nothing close uh but i'm sure there was a good beat somewhere so i guess it was carolina okay so they were down and then they tied it with how how much time left ish it was it was in the third period and it was pretty late in the third period if i remember right i want to say like maybe five six minutes left yeah and then they wanted an ot yep amazing yeah that was great um so yeah just talking about the process and obviously like the hockey ones are a little bit different than the sgp sports but for hockey, it's all about trying to find the best leg in each game that you can. And often in hockey, you're trying to find 10 legs and there's only 10 to 12 games or so. So you're picking a leg in nearly every game. And I try to find legs that have as short odds as possible, just because even if there is a better leg, but if it's like a plus 150 and you're doing a bunch of plus 150s, the EV of the play might be higher but it would be such a long shot that if you're following any Kelly system or any other way to, to figure out how many units you should bet, like it would tell you to bet a, basically nothing because it's such a, such a long shot. So I'll try right. to make it. And, sorry, just on that point, which is a point that I make sometimes like I like to use plus odds for boosts. I, I pretty much always do it. And if I can get it in that plus 200, 300, even 400 range, that's great. But if you're talking about, I mean, you boosted to 46 to one. So if you had made it 100 to one, 200 to one, right? The EV percentage may have been higher, but people would have bet, if, you know, if you're, if you're following sort of a, a bankroll system, you, you, you mentioned Kelly, like it would have told you to bet, let's say half versus what you would be told to bet at 46 to one. And the EV is not double. So your your dollar amount of EV actually goes down. Exactly. So if you can I'm get to balance a, that. a close to EV play at lower odds, your EV dollar amount goes up. Now, look, that doesn't matter if your unit size is a thousand and the max on, on the step is ten dollars because you're probably just maxing it no matter what. But it does matter for the majority of the people tailing. So sorry, keep going. I just I thought that was a very good yeah, exactly. So trying to balance it, trying to find legs that have short odds if possible, but then you also need to find a leg that usually will not be 
plus EV on its own, but at least is not very negative EV. Uh, right. and, favorable to other favorable books. to other books exactly and you only have 10 to 12 games to choose from so it's so it's pretty limited um so i'll i'll look at the different legs and especially in hockey if you want short leg odds you have very few options uh you can get like an alt line you can get an alt total you can get a, a first period play which i'll do sometimes so i'll look through those i'll try to find anything that might be uh, a decent leg that's the best odds from any mm -hmm. other book that is relatively short as well. I'll see how many of those I could find. If there, if I'm, if I don't have ten legs that I love, I'll usually wait a little bit, see if anything else pops up. Sometimes I'll do a leg that's maybe like minus one eighty. If I couldn't find something that that was minus two hundred, minus three hundred, something in the range that I prefer. But yeah, just basically waiting till I find the ten legs that I like, putting them into a parlay, and then the next step is you just got to pray. Right, <laughs> and then for the SGPs. You know, I think it's so important for the step-ups to get a full 10 legs. I, I see a lot of, like, three-leg, 20% ones done on, like, I just see them pop up on Twitter or whatever. And it's like, you're telling me that such and such leg being added wasn't worth another 10, you know what I mean? Like, wasn't worth another 10%. And so for your SGP ones... How how much are you calculating? Like, okay, this moves us from plus four hundred to plus four ten, but it, it's moving the boost from plus seven forty to plus eight hundred. Like, is that worth it? Yeah. So, and especially when I'm first looking at a new like method for step adopts, mm -hmm. I'll I'll look at that. And like you said, it's pretty much always the case that adding the extra leg will be worth it. Uh, the extra boost amount that you're getting, especially when you're using correlated legs that assuming let's let's say you have four legs and adding the fifth one will be extremely likely to hit given that the other four legs hit, you're getting an extra boost amount for that leg and you're only decreasing the odds of it hitting by a very small amount. So it's it's pretty much always worth it. And that's why I, I agree, except for on FanDuel, not that they really do a lot of the step up stuff. I know they're like rolling out. Sometimes they'll decrease your odds. Oh yeah, that that's horrible when that happens. And it'll become not worth it. But that definitely happens like a decent amount. And I'm sitting there like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> because once you start decreasing, like the nice thing about some of the books, DraftKings, you know, that I'll give them respect to, is they basically won't decrease your odds. I've seen it, but it's rare. It's rare for Agreed. it to happen. Agreed. I've seen it, but it's rare. So they let's let's say they basically don't do it. And that is where it's kind of nice that, okay, we're well, getting a higher boost amount. Can you find a leg that, you know, basically doesn't change your, your probabilities, but it increases your boost. So anyway, uh, that is all super helpful. I'm going to save your grind my gears for the end because you're going to be sticking with us for the rest of the show. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the gambling landscape update. Thank you, Aro. I really appreciate you uh, coming on and hearing your thoughts and glad that you're going to be sticking with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm in love with Mojo Fantasy. It's a crazy new app that turns sportsbook odds and selections into fantasy contests. Here's how it works. There are thousands of NFL and MLB player props. You build a portfolio and the better your portfolio performs, the more cash you win. Pick as many props as you want and try and beat the crowd. Also, you can compare their lines to sportsbook lines to help yourself beat the crowd. Always EV betting. 
<laughs> anyway, it's that simple. Make picks, make moves, make money. Check it out on the App Store now. They're coming to more states and adding more sports soon. fun interview we want to talk a little bit about the gambling landscape update this week and we had a little bit of some fun news uh DraftKings had their earnings report and very solidly overperformed I think this was their I'm pretty sure as of at least last week their stock was up over a hundred percent year to date I think they were up like 20 percent in the last week and we kind of wanted to look into maybe why that's happening um, so I shot the text over to TPG and he had some insights. So TPG, um, what do you think is part of the reason why, what have you seen and how does that affect us? Yeah. So it's a lot of what we've talked about here before were our hope, but also what we, you know, theorizing is that sports books were getting smarter in the sense that using your marketing budget on promotions on putting money in your users' hands rather than on stupid Gronk halftime kick commercials and and the Mannings around the table, like, you know, just commercial spend basically was way more efficient in terms of gaining market share. So we talked about last week that DraftKings moved up to number one in market share. And this is, keep in mind, like FanDuel had a 50% market share in the entire industry basically a year ago. And DraftKings, and that was after DraftKings and Caesars really pulled back. We've seen over the last year, basically straight, the DraftKings has come in strong. They've been number one in the EV rankings now for basically the entire year, uh, including this past month. Not that I've done an EV rankings, but we made $552 on DraftKings promos, which again are basically all $10, or many are $5 uh, for the no sweats. But just a tremendous amount of promotional spend in the right place as opposed to kind of marketing dollars. So we see a tweet here. I mean, you guys don't see it, but I see it. <laughs> Where it's the change in quarterly marketing spend at DraftKings, a big shift. So for the first time since first quarter of uh, 2021, DraftKings actually had a negative change in quarterly market spend month over month, right? Presumably month over month. So um, I think it was quarter over quarter. Or quarter, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, quarter over quarter. So for the first time, they've actually decreased their marketing spend, but revenue beat by a lot, EPS uh, beat by a lot. It says marketing spend went down. Okay, we knew that. Uh, monthly users went up by a lot. Revenue per user went up by a lot, and we know that market share went up. So what does this all mean? It's further confirmation that. This is the right way to do things. And what does it mean for us? It means that likely we're going to see less commercials, less billboards, less nonsense, and a lot more or a lot of the same promotions and marketing spent in an efficient way, uh, at least as to how you know they're seeing it right now. It also means that FanDuel's got to keep up. They got to get their market share back. Other books need to keep up if they want to truly compete with DraftKings, who's now become the leader when FanDuel had a seemingly insurmountable lead. I guess the second takeaway is no lead is insurmountable if you're just willing to 
to up your promos a little bit. Not that DraftKings is like this dark horse, but again, FanDuel had over half of the market share in the entire industry within the last year. So, you know, shout out to DraftKings, these daily no sweats, these up 10 promos, these whatever, like the, the gifts and everything that, they, that they've done has paid off for them. And hopefully others follow suit. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the proof is right there that they, despite continuing to spend less on marketing, and I assume this is a trend that we'll continue to see. Uh, I mean, this is the first time in probably, I think it says like 12 quarters that they have decreased their marketing spend, and it's simply just more promos. So um, we'll see if that's not only something that they continue, but hopefully gets copied it does seem like when someone stumbled. Yeah, that revenue per user, which is obviously just a correlation to, you know, users betting more on their platform, is pretty telling for me. And also that the, the increase in users, because it says that users are just, they're used to betting on, on your platform. And that's ultimately like what is sustainable for them is that revenue per, per user times the monthly user. I don't think that they take out marketing there. I could be completely like the promo stuff. I could be completely wrong, but frankly, it's nowhere near $114. The amount that the average person makes on promotional bets on DraftKings. So regardless of that, it says that letting people win a little bit on promos is, does pay off for revenue per user for getting more users. And that that's sustainable for this whole thing. And that's ultimately our hope is that, the promotional stuff that's going on is sustainable. Where I think most people a few years ago would have said that it's not. They would have said, "Look at, look at Europe, look at whatever. There, this will, this will all be gone." Frankly, by now, I think a lot of people thought that was the only real hope that California hasn't legalized stuff like that, so they'll keep it going a little bit. But this is a lot more than most people would would have thought, and it's because of stuff like this because they're seeing results from it. Ri, what do you think? I agree with you. I love where we are right now as an industry. I think the books have been amazing, giving out some great promotions. Even as things change, it's always changed in a way that they keep giving us fun promotions to bet on. We keep coming back. And I definitely think there's room for another sports book, whether it's Caesar, whether it's MGM, another one can can ramp up their promotions and, and try to compete with FanDuel and DraftKings. I know Caesar has made a huge push about two years ago, but they didn't do it, in my opinion, in a way that was so sustainable. Like they would come out with huge promotions right. every once in a while, but if they gave something a little bit more consistent, like we're consistently giving us a couple of promotions to bet on, like what DraftKings does, like what FanDuel does, I think they could potentially compete with them. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to their their budgets and all that, although I do see a bunch of stupid commercials for them. So I imagine that it's being misallocated. Caesars definitely was was hefty with the new user promos. Frankly, I don't know. I think once you get past like a a thousand dollar no sweat, yeah, you you just might not be encouraging the right users if you're them. And I kind of I almost hate saying that, but how many people do you know signed up for Caesars three thousand dollar like the, it was like a deposit match, and then just never bet again? Oh, it was right? so many. And even people that aren't like EV betters, people that aren't sports betters in general, figuring out that you could deposit, get $3,000 in bonus, and then arbitrage it against your friend's account and split the money, like that doesn't take too much of a genius to figure out. So I definitely yeah. think, so the, yeah. I think I really hurt by that, but 
I agree that this is sort of the sustainable way forward. You know, you, you have a, a new user offer that's, that's strong and reasonable. I think right now there's like 1200, uh, no sweat. And you just, you sprinkle promotions daily, you know, weekly and, and they should be solid. And I do think Caesar's done a good job. MGM I had as one of the highest ranked books in the EV rankings by the end of baseball. Might've even had them number one for promotions, not for boost. And they've really fallen off. You know, I, I refuse to take the blame for it, but we've done so well the last few months. And it's almost sad to see them, like, a lot of stuff's moved to $5, so many people promo limited. I don't know if MGM's, like, kind of up for it, I guess would be my my thing. They, they probably got took a hit with the whole security stuff. So ESPN bet's always the one that, I mean, always, always is in the last few months, it's been the one that I hoped could be the third or fourth just because of how strong that name is and that they have money to spend and that there's no reason why if they really wanted to, they couldn't compete with, you know, names that most people hadn't heard of 10 years ago in FanDuel and DraftKings. So maybe that's the one, but Caesars certainly could. And, and, and honestly, they've done a pretty good job. You know, a lot of our action lately has been Caesars. Yeah, Caesars is solid. ESPN bet it's definitely another one to mention, but the market share is just so dominated at the moment by FanDuel and DraftKings that I definitely think there's room for a third competitor to move up, whoever that ends up being. Absolutely. I mean, we saw DraftKings do it, and not that they were, they, again, not that they came from nowhere, but they moved up quickly. So uh, there's definitely room to do it. Okay, now to the one that we've all been waiting for. We've got Grinds My Gears. You know what really grinds my gears? All right, guy, what's got you fired up this week? Yeah, so I mean, it's something that I've noticed over the last, pretty much since I started the Twitter account, is that social media is basically high school. Like you'll get people and the follower account is just so, it, it's so important to everyone and it's causing everyone to just get into fights, to call people out, to get into little dramas and clicks. And it grinds my gears that that's how it ends up happening. I think it's much more productive if people on Twitter can collaborate and can help each other, bring each other up. And yeah, basically it just grinds my gears that we all graduated high school, we're out in the world and social media just puts us right back into that environment. It's funny because you told me that you were gonna do this. I actually have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, I really don't. Like I, I couldn't name an account that you're alluding to Oh, no, no, it's not one specific which, account. It's more just like... No, no, no. I, I'm not saying that you are. I'm saying like, I don't even know which fight happened. Like, I, and I'm not going to ask you to, to name it, but I don't know if like, was there something with Trent and or Jared? Like I, I, like, I actually don't know. So that is something that like would definitely... It honestly grinded my gears so much in the past that like I have a bunch of accounts muted or and like I don't like scroll through like I used to because it's the kind of thing where it's like, this is just going to annoy me. And, and sometimes even make me want to like reply. And that's a waste of my time, right? Like, I don't need to be replying to anyone. And that's kind of a thing that I struggle with, with getting all of these replies, whether it's Jason Tatum boost or whatever, of just like replying to everyone, well, you're actually wrong. Oh, well, this is actually up on the, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've got to grind to my gear. So I think that's that's a very good one. And I guess my advice would be to mute everyone. Yeah, I like I've never blocked people, but muting people might just be smart and just not having to 
to deal with like, oh, the way I do it is correct. And the way you're doing it is terrible. And, and you're, you're not actually making money. I don't believe you. I think that I'm smarter, but like whatever the, the argument is, it's like, I don't want to be dealing with that. It's not really what I want to be spending my time on. Yeah. And you probably get a lot of that with the beat the book stuff where people are like, oh, how could you be a part of a non-easy place? Or like those guys aren't actually blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. And my response to that is they all track their bets. I, as, as well as I can tell, they're tracking their bets correctly. I've never seen anything to suggest that anything that they say is not true. And yeah, like if they're tracking their bets and they're making money, to me, that is EV. Like I promo guy, the, the SP play, P plays that you do, they're not always purely plus EV to a book, but they're plus EV based on research that you've done and correlation that you've, you've looked at. And if other people are able to be profitable in their own way, like, great, good job for them. Like, I want everyone to make money. Yeah. And we've had, you know, we had Prop Bomb and JD and Kenny and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that there are multiple ways to skin a cat, right? And EV actually cannot exist without sharp betters because the market would become inefficient unless you just think that the books are like all knowing. So I definitely know, I, I can't speak to, to, you know, the beat the book guys. It's, it's just an example. And like, I, I actually don't know what people would, would want you to do because your impact is, hey, I'm bringing plus EV plays to a community that otherwise may not use them. And ultimately, like, that is educational and that it's helpful, whether those guys are making money or not, right? And you're, it's not like you're, like you said, like you just, you know, their, their records are good. They're, you know, as far as you can tell, when you follow along, like they seem to be doing well, people seem to be happy. Like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> uh, your job is just to, to bring plus EV plays to that community. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to tell them. Yeah. Like if you don't agree, you don't have to tell, you don't have to be happy about it, but I don't know. It's like, and, and then. You have no moral obligation to, to personally track each and every one of their bets and make sure that they're doing it you know like as far as you can tell it's good exactly yeah and and then it goes to the other side as well like people that don't understand ev like okay like if you don't think people are making money on boosts then don't bet the boosts and people who are making money then will continue to make money and yeah there's basically just try to do well on your own be happy for yourself be happy for others don't try to bring other people down in order to bring yourself up that's beautiful. That's all I ever try and say on, on, on this podcast. Like, I think that was one of my gripes like here. Is like, actually, I've done a few of these where it's just like, be happy for your neighbor, you know? Exactly. <laughs> which I guess goes to, to my grinds, my gears, which has happened a few times over the last few months where, you know, now I've done the, the notes tracking, like the notes app thing where I track Twitter stuff daily. The Discord's actually very good about this. It's pretty understood that, like, if you're in a state without Bet365, like you're in a state without Bet365, right? Or for MGM, like some people got this Barry boost and other people got, you know, this SGP boost or whatever, right? Like people just get targeted promos, different promos, and people kind of understand that. I also don't do the net notes app type thing for that reason. But on Twitter, I, I do the notes app and look, I only use three books. They're, they're widely available. Uh, and... Caesars has actually relatively struggled, I would say. Like relative, I mean, they've clearly been the third book. I don't know if struggles 
quite fair. Um, I don't have the September numbers. I don't think that they're anything good, but like just scrolling through and I'll start with, with May. They're up $87. June was up 185. July was down 38. October was down 15. They're off to a good start this month, probably up a couple hundred. So it's been good. And I think it's been good, but like nothing stand out again. It was down $15 this past month. And of our, I think, probably close to 7k profits on the year they're about you know 700 dollars of it for the three books right like they're like 10 percent of the profits and every single time i post a notes app thing where caesars is up and the other books are down over the last month and a half at least one person has replied like well this isn't really fair because you were dead like you were down on two main books and you're up on the book that no one uses, or you're up on a book that I don't have, or, oh, I have to get Caesars now to be profitable tailing you. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, why can't you be good on FanDuel and DraftKings? I'm like, 90% of my money comes from FanDuel and DraftKings. In October, which is where most of these notes apps were, DraftKings was up 552, FanDuel was up 148, and Caesars was down 15. So nobody ever says anything, like, on all those Caesar parlay minus 25, Caesar parlay minus 30, like whatever. But when, when you hit the Luca one and it goes up 150 and the, you know, the, but you're only up 120 on the day because FanDuel and DraftKings were down 30 bucks. It's, it's like, you know, how could this be? And how could this track? Like people are just so upset if they don't keep up with the tracking. Like, I'm not saying you have to get Caesars, but let's be fair about it. I got 10 plus complaints about, I'm so, one person said, I'm so sick of Caesars always being up and carrying the other two. Well, I've only been doing notes since October 1st. And Caesars was down $15 in October. And the other were up about almost $700. So it's just funny, like the, the mentality that people have of if I see that the tracking was up, but I wasn't up with it because I don't have a book, because I missed a play, whatever. It's just, it, it frustrates them so much. Like, just move on. Like if you only have FanDuel DraftKings, like you're doing well. You're also probably not paying anything for for the service and whatever. Like you know what I mean. So and if and if you are paying for the service, then you made infinite money. I should say infinite. But you made over a grand on DraftKings just on the Twitter and the Steffi alone. And Bet three sixty five is up thirteen hundred. And even if you don't have that, MGM most people were up hundreds, if not thousands. Like you know, <laughs> there there's it's it's almost impossible to complain if if you were unless you were on vacation in October, but particularly the Caesars thing grinding my gears. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And and when I do my tracking, I try to break it down as much as I can say like, okay, this book is up X amount, that book is up Y amount. And there will always be months where a single book will be down over a month. That's impossible to avoid. Um, but if you just go back a little bit further, you'll see that, that that book made money as well. And then the next month, maybe that book makes more money than the other books. And it all evens out in the end. If you're tailing plus EV plays, you're going to make money. And that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah, you know, I don't mind people complaining about stuff when, when things are genuinely going poorly. So like if Caesars had made $800 this month and DraftKings and FanDuel combined for negative 100, let's say. Yeah, that could be annoying for sure. I would completely understand somebody, somebody said that Caesars is not in their state. I'm not sure but i would completely understand the like man like you're out here 
bragging, not that I'm ever really bragging, I mean, it's just a notepad with the results, but you're out here, you know, puffing your chest about, about what a great month you had, but like, I was down a hundred bucks. You're talking about you're up 700, I was down a hundred. So I, I totally get that when it's applicable. But the like one-off days where, you know, because all the Caesars promos for the most part are like minimum plus 400 odds and then they boost it, right? So you'll go four days of missing, you know, you missed the college football parlay, you missed the NFL parlay, minus 25, minus 25, or minus 30, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And then you hit like the random NBA SGP and then it's like plus 150 for like, man, I missed I missed the one big hit. That's not fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, where where they're ignoring that they missed all the minus thirties. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent agree. Okay, so that's it for grinds my gears. Oh, we're we're introducing a new segment, right, Nick? Yeah, let's hit. Uh, I feel like we could hit some of our funniest replies yesterday when we were talking about what we wanted to do today. <laughs> you went on about a five minute rant just reading uh, the funniest replies, and we had a good time. I figured we'd bring that to the people, and it might even inspire an extra funny comment or two. So let's do our funniest replies of the week. Um, what were some yeah, of your so favorites? We had Hank scroll through. Uh, yesterday, I was just you know on the prep call with these guys, and like Nick said, I was uh, I was just cracking up looking at all like the Tatum replies. We had, uh, we had Hank look through his funniest ones. I'm going to read some of them here. I refuse to believe Tatum isn't on the Wizards' payroll, and I don't mean the ones in D.C. My favorite's from Kirby Guy 123 the great Kirby. Oh, actually, I should, I should say the other one first. So Board Sports Bets replied to my, my Tatum giveaway tweet with, I'm ordering you a Tatum jersey. And I said, thanks, you can just send it to your mom's place. Which... I mean, that was easily the, my favorite. I was like, this poor guy. I, I know him. He's been, he's been in the Discord for a long time. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's like a completely random person. Plus, you know, you want to be sensitive to, you know, I don't know the people's family situations. But uh, the <laughs> yes. guy then replied to a signed jersey giveaway and said, 36, you guessed Tatum's points. And if this hits, I'm giving it to the promo guy, one, two, three. Nick, oh, this is my favorite. Clay Alter saying, Nick saying Wemby hit his ceiling after four games. <laughs> Should have saved him the embarrassment and retaped that after last night. We will not save Nick any embarrassment for his Wemby takes and for the next 10 years when Wemby is the greatest player to ever live every single night, uh, we're going to remind Nick that he hit a ceiling after four games. And that Yeah, I mean, that Pacers game, he really, really showed up. Guys, nice. All right. Um, any other funny ones? Honestly, I think Hank disappointed a little bit. <laughs> Not the rip on Hank with some of the funny ones because I thought there were some funnier ones looking through the, the Tatum. I don't think can't say enough about all ROI guy, guy does for us is very funny. Or people don't talk about the Steppy Goat enough. It's very funny. So I thought it was pretty funny. People like getting all mad at me about that should count as a red zone trip. The uh, first team to take an offensive snap in the opponent's red zone. Uh, I was just making a joke, but I thought it was pretty funny. People getting mad at me for thinking that the opposite of what I actually think. Uh, but okay, I'm going to read through. Tatum will crush our dreams once again. This is why I love Porno Guy. Shout out to the Porno Guy reference. Boost Killer. Tatum is the Boost Antichrist. That was actually my favorite. 
Tatum is the boost. There's just so much anger about Tatum. I'm happy someone brought a little levity with the porno guy. Find your wallet, buddy. You made gambling on Tatum fun. Uh, okay, so that was some of the funny ones. I think that's all we got for the for the episode, yeah? Yeah, no, I think we hit it. I think we're good to go. I Thanks again to ROI guy for joining us. It was pretty fun. Pretty fun episode. And uh, thanks to you again, as always, TPG. Thank you, Nick, and Hank, and everyone who's over.